0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is a medium dark roast from Beanhead Specialty Coffee, and the comics we'll be discussing today are Venom number 5 and Cold Spots number 1, a brand new series from Image. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, we welcome you to the show. Uh, if you're a regular listener, we thank you for sticking around with us. Uh, if you guys like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside we're hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please remember to leave us a review and a rating, and make sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Now before we go, brew a coffee. How's your week been?
1: I don't feel like telling Victor. you today. Don't feel like telling you how it went.
0: Okay. However, All I right. will
1: volunteer to tell our audience.
0: All right. How my week went? Let me just take my headset off real quick so we can uh, <laughs> speak directly to our uh, <laughs> to our listeners.
1: Uh, this week, I've been finally catching up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um. Got as far as the Halloween episode. Can you put your headphones back on? <laughs> Holy smokes. This guy's taking this joke so literal.
0: Uh, <laughs> I can actually hear you clearer because we're in the same oh, room. Yeah, because in headphones. the same room.
1: Um, so I got as far as the Halloween episode where, you know...
0: In Brooklyn Nine-Nine?
1: Yeah. They so have
0: one every season. What season? Yeah, is
1: this is season five.
0: Oh, season five. Okay, go. Yeah.
1: Cool. Are you caught up
0: on season five? Um, yeah, I'm all done. I'm oh, all caught
1: So, up. spoiler warning, when Jake <laughs> proposes to Ame, it's like, wow, that was... Okay, you, didn't, you,
0: you didn't give a whole lot of time on that spoiler warning. Eh,
1: whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. I'm interested in seeing how the show will translate now that it's an NBC.
0: Okay, right.
1: Because I mean, it was a particular way with Fox. I did they. I, I'm not sure. Did they bring the same writers over to NBC?
0: I think so. I think the writers doesn't really. I don't think it dictates which network they're on yeah the writers are still the writers it's still yeah still the same guys so the network is just where they're going to air yeah right so even if they're on NBC it's gonna be the same okay so perfect it's gonna be a great show then I think so yeah it's been a great show I'm actually yeah. I was really surprised Drop uh, Fox just like kind of dropped the ball Fox on that is one.
1: just dropping balls left and right you know what I'm saying
0: yeah it's pretty bad because they dropped a whole bunch of other good shows too apparently so well
1: there's um, a reason why uh this is the reason why they got bought up by Disney, so
0: yeah, I guess, I guess at
1: least their their movie division, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: What about you, Jerry? You've been up to this week?
0: Uh, so this week, I got myself a new phone. Okay. So for the longest time, I've been using the uh, iPhone 5s, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a bit outdated now. So just uh, a little bit, just a little bit, just like just a little three, bit. four generations behind. Yeah, you know, it, it was still doing, you know, it's still doing its job, but it was just. It's time to phase it out. So, I got myself an iPhone 8. Ah. And, uh, yeah, I'm still st- I'm sticking with Apple because, you know, Apple Master Race. And, um, yeah, no, I really like the phone. It's a sweet phone. You know, Interesting. Having a lot of having a lot of fun with it. It's very fast. I'm too so bad you
1: didn't get the new, uh, Samsung or or Google Pixel or something.
0: Yeah, you know, because I do settle for a second. So, you know, got myself the iPhone and, uh. I can see how this could be very divisive <laughs> for our audience, <laughs> <laughs> especially if they're Android users, <laughs> but you know, iPhone's best, uh, iPhone's greatest, but aside from that, you know, just uh, I actually got, I picked up uh, WWE 2K18, so started playing that a little bit, I don't care anymore, And it's okay, got I'm talking me. to the audience, you it's okay, an iPhone, like talking it's... to the audience, I'm talking to our listeners, <sighs> listeners, we got, uh, I got gotta stop saying we now because he doesn't care anymore I got WWE 2K18 and it's a lot yeah, of yeah well I mean that
1: answer doesn't change it's um, still you that got WWE 2K18 <laughs> I didn't get it
0: <laughs> it's a lot of fun but anyways that's enough about wrestling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally like two sentences on wrestling <laughs> I, know, I know not everybody is into it's you gotta it's a you very you gotta it's, be it's, into it to,
1: it's a dying form of entertainment I must say yeah but like but there's still lots of fans I mean every time I, I flip through the channels and I see uh, uh, like a WWE event going on like the, the crowds are still yeah no it's still, still there
0: sell out everywhere and uh, I think because now they finally got some good talents back again like Talents that have charisma. Yeah. For a while, they just had talent, but there's no charisma for anybody. You now right. They got like charisma back. So, you know, that's all worked out pretty well for them.
1: I feel like once everybody realized that the fighting was fake, it was just like, oh. Whoa. The fighting has always. but well, there's fake. UFC there has, now. There has <laughs>
0: never been. There's no real fights in WWE. but It's a it's an entertainment, right? And the things they do, it's insane. It's a, it's a huge circus act, but it's you know well scripted. Yeah, depending the, on depending on who's in the movie I think that's
1: what it is. A story is really. It's a good. story, yeah.
0: It's a it's a big story.
1: Those so. those heel those heel toes those. <laughs> what? Those heel turns those. Oh, like, yeah. that those uh, those belts. Oh,
0: them <laughs> some belts.
1: Good, good storylines going on. <laughs>
0: All right, so okay, now that's enough about wrestling. Um, <laughs> so l- listen, why don't we go? Uh, why don't we go brew that coffee? We'll come back talk about some comics. Fine. and we're at the comics segment and in this segment what we do is we take a look at some new releases coming out each week and uh we pick a few books we give it our analysis our breakdown and uh, we talk about some of the themes that are covered in the books and uh this week we have venom number five and cold spots number one but before we get into talking about comics let's uh let's introduce the coffee that will be uh guiding us on this journey
1: so the coffee that we have today uh, yes. is a dark roast from beanhead okay now there isn't much about beanhead on their website okay uh, however they are uh, roasters from Toronto Ontario so here in our own backyard um, and they do focus on uh, organic coffees that are higher I guess in their what's the right word to say more pres- prestigious coffees. Okay. And they try and bridge the gap between uh, between that and affordability. Okay. All right. So uh, again, a little light on their description, uh, but uh, still excited to try their coffees nonetheless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about our first book. Uh, and the first book we'll be talking about is Venom Number no. Five. It's written Here by Here we go. <laughs> Donny Cates, <laughs> with art by Ryan Stegman on pencil, JP Mayer on ink. Colors by Frank Martin and Letters by Clayton Cowles. So we've come to a point in the Venom story. And before we, before we carry on further, um, spoiler warnings. Due to the nature of the show, due to the way we're going to be talking about some of these books and what we'll be covering, it's uh, there's going to be some spoilers in the things we say. So just, you know, be warned. If you haven't read it, please go to your local comic shop, pick up the book, read it. Put this on pause while well, you do this. You put it on pause first. Um, <laughs> leave it <a> running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave it running. Come back and rewind. Um, read the book first. Absolutely, it is a blast. It is a very good book. So you should go read it first. Come back and listen to the listen to the segment. So, what did you think about the book, Victor? I see you're making a bunch of faces.
1: <laughs> um, venom number five. Loved it. Um, I think it's getting to the point where mm-hmm. they're reaching the climax of the of the arc, and um, I see you're making a bunch of faces <laughs> I too. Am. <laughs> I am. Yeah, so it, it's getting to the point where it's reaching the climax of the arc before they resolve the story. Uh, so within this issue, there was a lot that was going on, right? You had um, Eddie Brock's conversation um, with the Venom symbiote. Uh, you had the interaction between um, Venom and Miles Morales, right? Uh, and then, of course, um, you had uh, the interaction between uh, Venom and Rex Strickland, aka the other Grendel symbiote. Yes. So, uh, oh, there was a lot to unpack in this particular issue, but it was really fun to read, and I definitely enjoyed that interaction between Eddie and the Venom symbiote.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in this issue, we see that the Venom, Venom symbiote is actually a lot more collected now. Yeah. Right? Uh, we see because Venom has been suppressed, the symbiote has been suppressed in Eddie for so long, that when he does come out, he seems like he, he's always sort of a little disjointed, yeah. When when it comes to his actions, and when it comes to, you know, the way he interacts with Eddie Brock and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But I think this is the first time we, in this series at least, we see the symbiote really taking control of the situation and being calm and collected, and sort of showing Eddie Brock like, just stay calm. We're going to ride this out, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I think it, it's a it's a welcome change, and it's and it's a change that I feel is deserved. Because in the first four issues, they really spent, they really spent quite some time, sort of hammering out their relationship, and it is kind of a rocky relationship. Right. You can see that they, they're f- there for each other at the roots, but they're they're almost at a crossroads, and this this is the first time where you kind of have them meld together in one common cause.
1: Right, um, I think what really did the the Venom Symbiote justice this particular issue um, was the fact that his character had seemingly come to life yes you know what I mean like um, there was a lot of character development happening uh, throughout the past four issues for the Venom symbiote um, and it was finally this issue where his character comes into full fruition yes. and, and you can truly uh, consider him to be another character now within the story Mm-hmm. Right, as opposed to simply just being the Venom symbiote, uh, now he's an actual character that that has a lot of depth to him, especially after he uh, made a connection with Null. Yes, or well, Null made a connection with him. Yeah. Um, so it was really it was really fun to see because now instead of Miles Morales and Eddie Brock versus Null now is eddie brock miles morales and the venom symbiote versus no well miles morales is now sort of out of the picture at this point but yeah, yeah yeah uh but yeah no it was really really good to see um all this character development for him uh that donnie was working on finally come to come to its goal so to speak
0: yeah come coming to fruition yeah yeah and with i think with venom Especially after he made that connection with Null. It's, I know that last week we were sort of, well, last time we were talking about Venom, we were talking about the, uh, we were talking about his sort of connection back into the hive mind with With all the other symbiotes because we've learned that Clintar is really a word for cage, yes. right? And it's their word. Of saying, you know, they're they actually it's not a physical planet, it's made up of all these symbiotes and they're sort of building around Null so that they can contain him. Right. Right. So for the first time, this symbiote, uh to, to what we know as Venom is made made the connection back into the original hive mind. Yeah. Right. And now it's given him this new sense of connection. This new sense of abilities actually. And and the really cool ability is something we're going to be talking about as well. Right. But. <laughs> well, a cu- couple of cool abilities. A couple actually. of cool yeah. abilities. But there's one that was really cool. Yeah. So, but it, it's, um, I, I think it's, it, I think it's really well done because it expands and sort of organically connects his, you know, his ability back to what is considered the hive mind. Right. With the other, you know, with the other symbiotes. Mm-hmm. So the one ability that he has picked up so from the beginning of the issue uh where we see Venom sort of come to the forefront and say, you know what, let me take control, the logo on his back actually turned into wings. Mm-hmm. So now Venom can fly. <laughs> that's so
1: cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's one of the cool one of the coolest additions I see for Venom. Yeah. Because Venom can swing, right? Yeah. Can Venom swing? Yeah. But there's always that connection back to Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, Venom as you know as a character has always been connected to Spider-Man somewhat, and we still get that here with Miles Morales. But I think with the wings coming out, it's to me is sort of symbolizing him separating from that mythology and sort of coming to his own. See, that's the thing though.
1: I don't know if I like that. Really? Be, and the reason why I mean the wings were cool. I mean, I'm all for the wings. But I not I'm not necessarily sure if I really like Venom separating from from the Spider-Man mythology that much. Okay. And and the reason why is because there is no Venom without Spider-Man. Okay. Right? Like you can make an argument for the fact that Venom Carnage and whatever like the rest of the symbiotes can have their own standalone runs without ever mentioning the spider but but the roots of their characters will always be Spider-Man mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm a big fan of them taking that away um, especially because I don't know it just doesn't feel right to me Okay. it just doesn't feel right to me for them for them to to do that and I'm not sure if that was the intention I'm sure it's not. Um, also like how do the wings affect Venom's character moving forward because then that sort of takes away his need to go web slinging you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah so then at that point is he still sort of molded? in the spider-man mythos or is venom now starting to become its own entire entity
0: okay that's
1: that's sort of where the the crossroads that i'm at because i would love to see venom sort of branch out and and uh see what where his character development will take him in terms of his powers and and whatnot Mm -hmm. but again i just don't know if taking him away from the Spider-Man mythos, his origins in the Spider-Man mythos is, is the right thing to do.
0: I I don't see. I don't know if it would necessarily take him away from the mythos. So what I think is happening it's it separates it from needing to be related constantly back to that mythos. Right. But I think it's always going to be understood that Eddie Brock is a character and Eddie Brock connection to Venom that that in itself doesn't exist without Spider-Man and we understand that but i think it's about time sort of for the character because to me if he doesn't have that ability and he's web-slinging yeah. right he's very much caught in the same situation as Spider-Man Spider-Man you know as much as people write him you know he could be part of the Avengers he could you know he could go sort of more international and stuff like that but ultimately Spider-Man is a neighborhood hero Right. Right. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Right. And he slings around New York and he, you know, and he saves people and he prevents disasters and stuff like that in the city. Ooh, fast and furious, here we go. <laughs> yeah, Domin's <so>. back. <laughs> <laughs> there's always the one guy at this point in the afternoon. always He just knows. He just all right.
1: Those two guys are recording. Let's go. Let's Let rip it. <laughs> VTech on.
0: <laughs> but with Venom, I feel like he doesn't need to be caught in that right he could elevate so much further because they're establishing now that the venom symbiote really isn't from this world like the venom symbiote is intergalactic and right. it's and it's out there right and this whole idea that they're they're now adding sort of this crazy mythology behind how that's come about through like they they've sort of tacked on history with it and i think In order for him to really embrace that, he needs to take himself out of New York, and I think the wings can do that because the wings now give him the ability to be above ground, and to be, to have access to areas that he never has access to before. Well, I mean, even I mean, truthfully, he he was part of the Guardians and stuff like that, right? But even when he was part of the Guardians, he was like. It was almost like a military suit at that point right because he was with flash Thompson yeah so I think this is kind of a way to to pull to pull him out of the city and I you know I like that because I think he he doesn't need to be caught in that
1: well we'll see how it goes like I think at this point in the story like they're 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 trying to to write him along a fine line uh between what I'm saying and what you're saying Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just have to see how that sort of plays out in the end. Yeah, because again, like I just don't want them to take Venom too far away from Spider Man, mm-hmm. and in terms of, in terms of his character, if that makes any sense. Okay. Right. Uh, because for all intents and purposes, every aspect of him should relate back to Spider Man in some way. Right. And, I okay. f- and I feel like his wing, the wings take that, they're cool, but I feel like the wings take that away. Yeah. And,
0: uh, but that's, see, I'm completely opposite from that. Yeah. I feel like that he needs to be taken away from Spider-Man I'm a, I'm a, for yeah. him to,
1: I'm a venom purist
0: for, for him to, I, I think for this story to shine, they need to take him away from Spider-Man well, and they, there was a point in the story. Yeah. Like he just dropped them They, him they him literally off took him away from Spider-Man. Away. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the wings can provide him. That's what the abilities can provide him. Right. Right. Well, we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I think that's at this point. Like, there's we can't go back and forth on the same
0: point, so we'll just
1: we'll just have to see where it goes.
0: (laughs) Um, so we get the reveal today that Rex Strickland is is actually one of the Grendel symbiotes. Um, (laughs) Just see who they're making (laughs) expressions. Just okay, just <laughs> just to give you a heads up, the coffee that we're sipping on right now, it is bitter.
1: It is it is bitter. It, it is, is it is a little it a little stronger than I think we had anticipated.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, what we did we did sort of talk about what was it, like two weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about how everything we've brewed so far were light roasts. Yeah. Yeah, so today is is one of those dark roast days.
1: It's a very dark, and, very dark roast.
0: <laughs> and uh, it is very bitter. It's, but I don't know, I, I've sort of gotten accustomed to it now. It uh, doesn't actually hit me as hard. It's, but...
1: It's, uh, it's darker than the void. Uh... <sighs> uh anyways, go on.
0: <laughs> Boy, okay, so... <laughs> In this issue, we we learned that Rex Strickland is actually one of the the Grendel um, Grendel symbiotes, and in this particular issue, they actually make a lot of mentions of Grendel.
1: And it's and it's crazy because even the way they drew, um, well I will, we'll will call him we'll call him Rex for the sake of simplicity. Yes, <clears throat> because he did say that he he basically had become rex from the point where rex had passed away during the Vietnam War. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we'll call him Rex. Even the way that they drew Rex. They even drew him to look like a really old symbiote. Yes. Like however however you think an old symbiote would look like, they they captured it <laughs> within within that visualization which I don't even know how they how, like how would you even come up with that? Like would you sit down is like okay, what does an old symbiote look like?
0: <laughs> like what? <laughs> but you know, you know what I think he looks like. Huh? I thought the way he the way that uh, Ryan Stegman drew him. Yeah. He looked like Gore the God Butcher.
1: Yeah. He
0: did. He had that whole sort of like flat face, flat nose, like yeah. barely any nose type features. You know what he also looked like?
1: Bio Broly <laughs> from from that <laughs> from really the- horrible Broly movie. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Bioverly <Burley> was just <laughs> it was not a good movie, guys. It should not don't, have existed. Don't ever watch it. <laughs> don't watch
0: it. It's not good. Um, but he looked like gore to me.
1: And, yeah, he did. and it's
0: interesting that it's right after the revelation of where sort of that power initially came from for Null
1: And on top of that, they had mentioned Thor multiple times during uh during uh, those particular moments. Yeah. So, are we going to see the return of the sword?
0: that would be really cool. I think that would be really cool. And if somehow this is I don't know if this is maybe a nod to gore or maybe this is some way to try to connect it back to him. Yeah. But Gore to me is a very interesting character and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they try to use him here and here and there in the series yeah. and
1: it will be really fun to see. Because that particular character along with Thor relates really heavily to this story. I mean, well, it's how Null lost his sword, right? So, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, whether they actually bring him back or not is very debatable because technically he's dead, right? So yeah. uh, But I think if they had brought Thor at some point, I think that would be really cool because Thor was the one that defeated Grendel originally Yeah. on Earth, right? So, Thor if you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think it's kind of cool that we we were talking about the Beowulf and Grendel reference. Yes, right? We were talking about that reference from the beginning of the series, but we had thought that it was maybe more of a um you know, maybe maybe just more of a reference rather than a direct you know, direct pull for that name. Like right. it, I had thought that was just sort of a metaphor. But in this particular case, they mentioned that quite a bit. They mentioned Grendel quite a bit in this yeah. issue. And I think it would be pretty cool if somehow, somehow, they relate it back to that age, that sort of like medieval age that we saw. Yeah. And Beowulf makes an appearance. Yeah. That would be insane. I don't know what Marvel's rights are to those characters, but. It will be crazy if Beowulf makes some sort of an appearance in here.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it would be. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't. I'm not sure, like, how they would bring Beowulf into this particular storyline. Like, mm-hmm. what what his caricature would be like. But yeah, I think I think to follow the mythos and to bring uh, Beowulf would be uh, would be a good move.
0: Yeah Would be a good move Because I think It will will connect A lot of the thoughts They had initially Yeah yeah. And that would be Pretty interesting So We were talking About Thor And there (laughs) There was the moment Where they're saying Well you're not like Thor you can't Throw lightning But uh, we can sure Bring some power Or whatever It is that they said Yeah And they came Into this room Where it was just Firepower
1: Yeah literal Firepower Firepower Like just And you know what That reminded me of um a long time ago they did the Marvel did a lot of uh what if issues. Right. Right. So uh I believe there was one what if issue where they explored what it would be like if the Punisher had the Venom symbiote.
0: Okay. And that's ex-
1: exactly what it reminded <laughs> me of. The symbiote and the and all the and all the guns. I was just like, "Oh. Here we go, Frank Castle. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is a what if moment."
1: A what if moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Actually, that's recently covered too. Is uh, not so much a "what if" it was part of continuity where Frank Castle had the the War Machine, yeah, uh, you know the the outfit, and uh, that that was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. think I think he just
1: got out of the the War Machine suit like not that long ago. Yeah, I think yeah. I
0: think this new
1: upcoming issue of Punisher is going to be him without the War Machine suit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. back to without the War Machine suit. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I felt like that had quite a bit of potential to go somewhere, but. 'Cause it made perfect sense.
1: Yeah, for him to wear the suit. Yeah. Exactly. So whether he actually represented what the suit actually meant is Exactly, yeah. A d- different story. It's a different but, story,
0: but yeah. I felt like it, it fit him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I'm a little torn though on the fact that they came across that firepower at the end. Yeah. Or the fact that they, they had prepared to use the firepower at the end. Yeah. Um because right before that, uh Rex sort of fuses. Essentially, Rex fusion. Yeah, they did the
1: fusion dance. They did the
0: uh, union batara with union uh, batara <laughs> with with, uh, with Venom, and now Eddie Brock essentially has two consciences, two subconscious with him. Yeah, right. Um, with Rex and the symbiote. Yeah. So Rex takes control of that one. Of what once they fused, and Rex says, Rex says, like, you know, we can't throw lightning, but we can grab the firepower. So yeah. they come across this room, and the first thing though I thought is why why give venom the abilities and why let him start discovering these new abilities upon connecting to null that you're giving him firepower now in a in a you know in a sense of firearms? Because to me, we already know firearms can't take out null.
1: but we well, I mean truthfully, we still don't know what those weapons can do. yeah, like you know what I mean like I mean yeah, they look like regular guns but i feel like rex the symbiote knows better and probably would have prepared like very specific kind of weapons for when null would uh, uh would for the inevitable uh, coming of null
0: yeah cuz null's coming back to take him right
1: yeah so yeah. i feel like yeah on the outside they look like regular weapons but i think there's a bit more to them that that we just don't know yet Mm-hmm. Uh, because it can't it can't be that they can't be that stupid you know what I mean like <laughs> they can't think that normal bullets is gonna take this guy
0: out but see that's what I'm afraid of yeah because we just saw a room of normal guns right yeah. and then at the end of the issue actually there's that preview cover of the next page, uh, of the next issue and it looks like they're firing normal guns so I don't know i don't or know what it I feel maybe about it just that.
1: looks like they're firing normal ammo but it explodes but explosion the
0: that doesn't matter though. Because we've seen Null just take out choppers.
1: Yeah, but they were using regular non-symbiote weapons.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, this could guess, be something maybe. different. Maybe. Maybe maybe these weapons fire who knows. Like point yeah. is yeah, <laughs> the point is is, yeah, is yeah. that I, I feel like we should reserve judgment of that. Until the next issue. Until comes the out. next yeah. issue. Because again, we don't know what these weapons can do, right?
0: Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't I don't know about venom with firearms. It's just, I mean, just back to the Flash Thompson stuff, right? Yeah, it's you know Agent Venom. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, we we didn't know what Batman would be like firing guns yet. Batman versus Superman happened, <laughs> and it was uh, it was not pretty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the movie.
1: It wasn't I a bad movie. Liked the movie. It's just certain things were just like <laughs> why?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right, and it was. Uh, The way that they sort of mashed the timelines together didn't make a whole lot of sense either. But um, But yeah, I mean the way Venom so I wanna talk about a bit about the way Venom is drawn in this issue. Okay. So previously we have Venom looking more, you know, more looking more refined. Smooth, refined. Yeah. Almost like a bodysuit.
1: Look, looking like a real most interesting man in the world kind of a Type of symbiote, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and looking
0: kind of like a Spider-Man type thing. Very, yeah. You know. yeah. But in this issue, particularly after he sort of gains the power and stuff like that, the way he's drawn this issue, even it's the facial expression, the tongues are coming out more now, and it's it's a bit more unhinged. It's classic Venom. It's classic Venom. Like, it looks more unhinged, but it's more in control because of Venom. Yeah. Because of the symbiote
1: Yeah. And I think
0: that part is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that the way that Venom is drawn throughout the series up until this point has really has really evolved based on what we've seen unfold happen yeah. to Eddie Brock and, and the Symbiote. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, especially the part where they merged, that just looked monstrous. That was crazy. And Yeah,
1: uh, it looked insane. Yeah, yeah. The one question I have is And again, I know I've posed this question before. Where's Carnage? (laughs) Like what? Like there's no way at this point that Carnage isn't all like, "Hey man, what's happening over
0: here?" Cletus, (laughs) Cletus,
1: (laughs) or and the even the Toxin Symbiote.
0: Yeah. Like where are they all at? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's that's really that's also why I think they're gonna pull them, you know, more away from the Spider-Man mythos. Yeah. Because I think they're really trying to isolate them. In the story. But
1: it, it just makes no sense to because they're there too. It's not like they're not within the same city. Yeah, they're all within yeah, the same city. True. Yeah, so it's not like unless Cletus has so much control over the symbiote that he clearly doesn't care about what's going Cletus on. Cletus is
0: really busy. What if he's just really busy?
1: Actually, now that I think about it, Cletus controlling the symbiote. And not caring about what's happening outside. Actually that's a real possibility. Because they're so because they're so bonded they act as one. Right. Right? It's almost like the symbiote isn't even there half the time.
0: Yeah. That he uh, has pretty much full control. yeah right, so.
1: so I guess that's yeah, okay. I guess that's a good explanation for it. Well, and we
0: just solved it. We just solved the mystery. Anyways, Hopefully carry my on. Coverage <laughs> is not there. Um Yeah, so anyway, so but, I mean that that pretty much covers the issue, I think. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Um, do you have any like Parting thoughts on the. Book. Imagine Final like
1: thoughts. imagine if they're hoping Thor shows up, and instead they get uh, they get Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Uh, uh, Thor's not here, but I got my I got my hammer, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> it's me, Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm the horse Thor.
0: <laughs> it's me, Beta Ray Bill.
1: <laughs> that would be a hilarious twist
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that would be I'm hilarious.
1: sure he could still get the job done either way No for sure for sure yeah. I
0: mean, bill is pretty powerful. yeah
1: well, he has his own hammer now right yeah so. exactly
0: exactly so okay, so I think that pretty much concludes our venom talk <laughs> yeah and uh why don't we go ahead and talk about the second book, which is cold spots number Ooh, one, which just got chilly it, in here <laughs> <laughs> just oh, oh boy.
1: <laughs> Stop Somebody grab me a sweater I'm feeling some cold spots in this room
0: <laughs> That'll be the pun exit At the end of the day I think We just uh, repeat
1: it at the end We just repeat it it's just like We say the same pun And that's
0: <laughs> and that's okay With uh, cold spots number one uh, It's written by Colin Bunn uh, Art by Mark Torres And letters by Simon Boland uh, So this is a brand new series from Image Comics, and I believe it's a limited series as well. It's like a limited five issue, six issue series, I think. And uh, what'd you think about the book?
1: A couple of things. Okay. Um, I, I mean, the story is meant to be a, a paranormal psychological thriller. Yep. Um, and it starts off like a typical, in a typical way for its archetype, right? Uh, a little slow rolling like a lot of things happen within the first issue that they provide no explanation for and of course that's done on purpose right Um, and it happens in a way like, like in any other horror movie right if you watch any horror movie it starts off that way right unexplained things happen and it's up to the main character to find an explanation for it right Um, so it, it starts off the way that I was expecting it to start off. Right. Uh, In terms of whether I thought it was a good issue or not, it wasn't bad. Uh, I, I wish they had done something that strayed a little bit away from how I expected it to, to be, but overall the writing wasn't bad. I think. I think the setup is there. Uh, now it's time for uh, questions to be answered in the in the upcoming issues.
0: Right, right. I think I, I'm a little bit. I differ a bit from you when it comes to this issue. Um, I found the beginning sequence when they were in the room <laughs> looking outside yeah. uh, for the kids, yeah. and uh, I found that beginning sequence interesting. Right. And I think it establishes a world right away that this this is the type of thing that can happen to people. Yeah. Right? And they can, you know, sort of see things and stuff like that. Right. But then they introduced the main character and the person who hired the main character to do something. Yeah. And almost immediately I was turned off by those characters. Almost yeah. immediately. They're not <sighs> They're not they're they, never never mind that they're not Good people, like
1: we'll never. Well, I mean, here's the thing. we don't know whether they're good or bad people. We just get the impression that they're not the greatest guys. Yeah, but we don't really know much of their. But history. see,
0: that's the thing. <laughs> to me, also, the main character could have a heart of gold. Who knows? Yeah, but the way he speaks, the way he acts in that issue, he comes off really pretentious. Right, because. He's constantly throwing these like one-line quips and stuff like that, right? And yeah. I don't know, like when I read that character and I'm seeing that character go through, I didn't really have this sort of an interest or investment into this guy finding what he's looking for.
1: Well, that's because in this part in the in the first issue, they haven't given us much about these characters. So there's nothing that we can make a judgment upon other than the dialogue, Mm -hmm. right? So, because of that, like, obviously the characters aren't going to seem very relatable or likable in any sort of way, right? Which is why, again, which is why I wish they had done things a little differently, because again, every horror movie is like that. Remember, um, what was that? Uh, there was that one horror film in where it was all in a hotel room uh 1408 yeah 1408 yeah and then remember uh, remember the main character the, the father yep uh, he I, I didn't like him in the beginning of that movie okay because he he was the same way like he just walked around and was like oh i'm i'm just here to explore some ghosts and because that's what he did he did he, he went uh he went uh, they from haunted place to haunted place to to see if he could experience any sort of paranormal activities, right? Yeah, and
0: he writes them out, right? Yeah, and he writes them out.
1: Yeah, paranormal. I mean, in, in, in that same light, I I mean, I didn't like him either. But that in that same light, that's how they that's how they wrote uh, Kerr over here. Right? Yeah, yeah. They all start out that way, right? <laughs> yeah, but
0: I don't know. There's, because he's out to do something, I think that, is going to be pretty relevant to the overall story. Like, it's not just, he's not just looking for a missing person. He's looking right. for a very specific missing person, right? Yeah. So, I think the story... I, I don't know if the story will have enough time for his character to come through.
1: I think they will. Like, I think with the way that they've paced the first issue... If they can continue that pace within the second issue, I think they can lay a lot of his character out Mm -hmm. in the second issue. Because we don't really care about anybody else at this point other than him, right? He's out there to do a job, and we're witnessing how, how he ends up solving this particular mystery, right? So I think if they continue the pace, they can lay his character out pretty well in the second issue but I mean again that's that's based on assumptions right so okay right we shall see
0: (laughs) yeah I mean yeah I mean we'll we'll see where it goes obviously because it is an interesting premise yeah and I think the the idea is really cool um but it's it's one of those I just wish the characters were just just a bit more touched upon before they you know before they they go and try to throw you right into the mystery. Yeah, I mean, again, it's
1: the character. The characters themselves are part of the mystery, right? And and it's they did that intentionally, right? Um, it it adds another level of mystique to the story. Uh, because just as this character is trying to solve his mystery. We're trying to solve, we're trying to solve him, right? right? We're trying to figure him out, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, like it gives it gives a lot of layers, I think, to the story. Um, but at the same time, I understand that this way of writing isn't going to be for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, I mean, even including myself, from time to time, I like to have things laid out for me from the beginning. So then I can actually follow the story properly. Right? Because now in this instance, you're we're trying to figure out the characters, we're trying to figure out what's going on in the story. It is a lot to digest, mm-hmm. right? And I can understand how at this point it may seem a little convoluted and maybe even I dare say unreadable. But uh, I think for me, I, I mean I enjoy it. Like this is these kind of stories I I, I enjoy. But again, I, I just wish they, they took a, a bit of a different path in terms of how they went about the first issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, it's either it's either they throw completely into the mystery and develop it some more, or they develop the character some more and leave m- less about the mystery and, and let that take over an issue too. Yeah. And <clears throat> I don't know. It is an interesting premise, and I do like it, so... We'll I, kind of I, see how I, I it think
1: I, it's one of those stories where we have to give it some time.
0: Yeah, uh, kind of like the magic circle.
1: That was way too slow, though, man. Yeah, that was to me like the magic circle because it's not like they did anything different between the first and second issue, which was my which was my problem with mm-hmm. it. Is that it was just more of the same? Whereas, again, we don't know how this is gonna go. Right, so it could end up being more the same. It could end up being a completely different kind of issue. Um, I mean, Gideon Falls was like that. We had we knew nothing about Norton in the first issue.
0: Yeah, right. But see, that's the thing. They they kept enough layers tucked away for Norton, and they slowly peeled away. Right. I feel like the way they wrote the protagonist in this story is that. They start peeling away, and then they say, "Oh wait, 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 let's get to the mystery, because he he said a lot of things in this issue that really they were they were very stereotypical of the way that type of protagonist works
1: right and like like, like uh very much like the characters from uh, from supernatural,
0: yeah, kind of yeah, kind of, but it it was just nothing but one liner quips and stuff like that, and I felt like it didn't need that many. Right. You could have said one or two and I would have had a clearer like sort of establishment already and you can save the rest of the mystery.
1: Cuz the way I see this playing out is this character clearly has gone through some stuff in life. Yeah. He's probably lost an individual or two. And and that's the reason why he is the way that he is. Obviously he doesn't look like he cares about much. Mm-hmm. And um and uh as he's trying to solve this mystery, his past is gonna come up, and then his past is somehow going to relate to the paranormal activities that are happening in this in this uh, within uh, this particular run, right? And then we're gonna see a whole bunch of crazy stuff happen. That's how I see this playing out, uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see.
0: <laughs> but what did
1: you uh, what did you think about the art? it's not my kind of art style no, not my kind of art style. I, I think I think the way that they did the coloring was really good mm-hmm. I really enjoyed I really enjoy the shading uh, because it it adds to the environment of the story right But in terms of the overall artwork it's it's not my thing. It's not the kind of art that I would put up on a wall or anything okay it' it's just not it's not a slight at the artist it's just not my kind of art
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah yeah I feel like it's same idea actually I think the coloring really adds to this the sort of eeriness that they're going for and it adds to the darker environments that they're talking about yeah but yeah the the for me the penciling work I it's not my type of style but yeah and it, it's it's fitting to this story I think
1: right yeah it's a very um, it's a very angular kind of art style like everything is yes. very very just sharp very blocky right mm-hmm. and um, for me I like my art a little more rounded out mm-hmm. I like it to look close to re- as as close to realistic as possible okay and um, this is the complete opposite so, <laughs> 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 so yeah. not, not my kind of art but again it's not a slight of the artist it's just not for me
0: yeah it, yeah for sure um, they meant they mentioned that it's really cold in that town quite a few times
1: oh yeah oh like, yeah
0: like out of nowhere he'll just he's walking 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 and he's just like brr cold
1: yeah because it's well, <laughs> well it's because in those particular areas it's colder than the rest of the town yeah because obviously something paranormal is happening in that moment mm-hmm. right so I mean I think it's just as as a cue to the readers Like, yo, check this out. It's going down sort of thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... I mean, interesting first issue. And it depends on... I, I think it's another one of those stories where, like, if you read it as a whole...
1: It'll be really good.
0: Yeah. Because that cliffhanger does leave for something... Like, does leave you wanting more. Yeah. Because... I don't... And, and I think that that was one of my big problems with it is that... After I read it, I don't feel like I got enough. You know? Yeah. And there was... I felt like I got too much of a character I didn't care about. Right. And not enough about the environment and the story and the mystery that would keep me invested. Yeah. Because the, the, the cliffhangers... You you want to know what's happening in that town. Yeah. Right? And for me, for Supernatural Stories... I always try to look for some sort of scientific explanation. Yeah. Because for me, and it's the same idea as Gideon Falls. I find supernatural stories more relatable and more mind bending when there's an air of truth to it. When there's like an air of possibility to it that it could happen in the real world. Yeah. Right. And for me that 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 is a mystery that is I think that would that would really blow your mind when it's solved Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it's just like it's right in front of you it's based on logic and stuff like that yeah and for me this issue i don't know the type of things that these characters are running into especially at the end with the cliffhanger but i don't know i i think if they reveal just a little more or if uh, if it was like an exercise you know exercised first issue or something then maybe but,
1: yeah. yeah I mean it, we'll just have to I, I mean I' will always say this but we'll have to see we'll just have to see where it, <laughs> where it goes right it's, it's yeah. hard to judge a run based on its first issue right like I think by the second or third issue that's when you can really get a taste of where things are going mm-hmm. and then by that point you can make a judgment call right? yeah, yeah. Um, it was just like um it's just like when um they did the, the the rebirth issues for Green Lantern a few years ago with uh, with uh, Jessica and um, I forgot Simon Simon yeah yep. Simon Al- was
0: Simon Baz Simon Baz and,
1: and Jessica uh, Cruz yeah the first like two or three issues for that run was really good and then by the 60th she was like I can't read this anymore yeah you know what I mean so because then they
0: just kept harping on kind of the same thing
1: yeah. over and over yeah so I I that's what i'm saying like it's hard to judge based on the first issue so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll continue to, to read it monitor it and then uh see if this is really the kind of story that we want to continue covering
0: yeah yeah i think though if they if they pick it up in the second issue and really just go hard oh with yeah it, then for sure oh yeah because i think that there is a lot of promise to the mystery to the story of course yeah. the characters to me may not matter much but i think the environment that's set up and the story itself that I can get behind oh, for so sure. For sure, we'll, absolutely. we'll see when that yeah we'll see when that second issue comes around and uh, we'll we'll talk about it then. Mm-hmm. But uh, any closing thoughts on cold cold spots?
1: Better pick it up, guys. <laughs> I, I want to see some good stuff go down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Colin Bunn is a good writer. He I is. do enjoy his yeah, work. Yeah. So, and he does he does tend to write stuff that like sort of just kind of picks up, you know. Mm-hmm and he, he has a lot of build up to a lot of stories so. very much like Bendis yeah so it it'll be exciting to see where it goes from here but at the current moment I wouldn't say I'm hooked like it, it didn't it didn't grab it didn't me capture it didn't capture me yeah. but we'll see when that second issue comes around things could change yeah yeah so that about wraps up our discussion for Cold Spots and our discussion for comics um, why don't we go ahead and talk about the coffee that we've been drinking the oh, last boy. hour. And then, what'd you think? What'd you think of this coffee?
1: Um it's bitter. Okay. It's really dark. Um I mean as I've been sipping on it like a lot of the um a lot of the sweeter notes are, are starting to shine through a bit. I think that initial bitterness was just such a kick to It the was face. a little
0: overwhelming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that it sort of took away from from the coffee itself for a little while but after you get used to it like it's it's not bad it's it, it's actually a really smooth coffee
0: mm-hmm. that's one thing i was going to comment on too yeah it's it went down really smoothly so the the bitterness hits you um hits your tongue really quickly like yeah. it, it hits you right away yeah. but the way it goes down and after a few sips and the way that sort of settles in the the flavor itself comes out and it's and it's pretty nice and yeah. the bitterness kind of goes away, and some of that undertone starts to shine a
1: little yeah. bit. Yeah, like I find that it's uh, it's got a lot of uh, sweeter notes, similar to I would say similar to like a um, like it's a really light, refreshing sweetness. Okay. Sort of like uh, like a watermelon, or even like a like a white grape. Okay. Like something that it's not like a crazy like, like this sweetness is gonna, gonna drown you and give you diabetes sort of thing, but uh, <laughs> which is not how diabetes works. But uh, <laughs> um, but it's very light sweetness. Yeah, uh, to accompany and to offset the bitterness a little bit, um, you do get a hint of the sweetness in in, in the um, in the fragrance as well. Uh, but overall, it's it's a good coffee. Like it's definitely a coffee that i wouldn't mind having on a day-to-day basis um
0: you just just, have to yeah you just have to get used to it yeah just be warned yeah that that initial kick is very strong (laughs) (laughs) okay so why don't we go ahead and move over to our offerings to dark side segment
1: offerings to dark side
0: and we're at the offerings the dark side segment in this segment what we do is we take something outside of the world of comics outside of the world of coffee and it's something that we enjoy and we share it with you our listeners and we hope that it becomes something that you might enjoy as well uh this week Victor what have you got for us um this week Jerry yes i'm offering a band
1: called bullet for my valentine now as you could probably imagine, my range of music is actually very large, <laughs> in terms of what I listen to. Um, Bullet for My Valentine is a uh, heavy metal band, okay, from Welsh, from Wales. They're Welsh from Wales. <laughs> They're not <laughs>
0: from Welsh.
1: <laughs> uh, and they formed back in in nineteen ninety eight.
0: They're Wales, now from Welsh.
1: <laughs> now, I had originally heard from them, heard of them back in uh, two thousand six. Okay. When their when that album came out, uh, the Poison, in two thousand five. So, I've known of them for a little while, and I've sort of, I fell off of them over the years. Okay. And I had just started listening to them again off of their new album, uh, Gravity, which came out this year. Their sound is, is very different now. But it's 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 more up to date. It's more, of the kind of rock that I would listen to now okay so it's still heavy metal um, but it's more melodic and it has more a bit more uh, of electronic in it so it's it's very much uh, updated now okay right so um, some of my favorite songs off of their new album are uh, The Very Last Time Mm -hmm. Leap of Faith and Peace of Me so okay again if you're into heavy metal which I imagine some of you are <laughs> then i would then i would recommend checking out uh their newer album called gravity even some of their older albums like the poison i would i would definitely recommend as well mm-hmm. uh, their all time favorite song for me is uh tears don't fall um but that's very heavy metal so <laughs> <laughs> okay if all it's right. not your thing that's cool if it is Definitely check them out. Again, the band is called A Bullet for My Valentine. Okay, cool. What'd you got for me, Jerry? Or us, really. Or Dark
0: Side. It's one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> or all three. Or almost. all three. You know, all three. Um, this week, I also have music to offer. And a while ago, I'm not sure if listeners will recall or, or if you joined us after that episode. That maybe you haven't heard it yet so here it is again but it is a band called dizzy okay so at the time they had released a few singles and they only released i think at that time when i first recommended it, it was two two singles i believe and then they sort of released another single after that and and that was it but now those singles are now in the first lp that they released First, uh, first album basically, and the first album just came out last week, and this is the full album, eleven tracks, and it is really good. So I wanted to recommend what kind of music is it? The album again, um, they're alternative slash indie rock. Okay, yeah, yeah, indie rock, and it's very very easy listening. They got some nice beats to it, but it, it is very much a slower rock, and uh, you know it, exactly what you kind of with. What you would imagine from indie rock, but there's a, they they sound, they have a nice sound to them. So they, have not a, seen, they have a unique sound to them. So nothing like Bullet for My Valentine. No, no, <laughs> I see not like that, <laughs> not quite like that. Um But it, it's a good album. I really enjoyed it. And uh, if you joined us after I made that recommendation, I forgot which episode it was. It probably it was really early on. But if you join us after that You did, never got a chance to listen to them I would highly suggest you go listen to them Listen to this album especially It's very good um, Some like really good songs in there Stars and Moon Coleco Pretty Thing they're, they're really They're really good songs And I would say And it would be one of those like um, If you If it was like rainy Sunday afternoon type of thing And then Sunday You just Sunday morning uh, or Sunday morning you know and then you sit you just sit at home put it on and it's nice it's, it's nice some to jam to some skin. it's nice relaxing music <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I would definitely recommend uh, Dizzy and their new albums called Baby Teeth I don't actually think I mentioned the album name so here it is Baby Teeth Baby Teeth that's the album name Dizzy Dizzy so yeah I think that's offers uh, offered into Dockerside uh, I uh, hope
1: he's pleased I'd never know if I don't he's know. pleased yeah. with our
0: offerings. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever get feedback from Dark Side, Dark Side. <laughs> but, ho-
1: but hopefully we get some feedback from you,
0: Dark Side, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, so let truthfully, us know, the, and, uh, the feedback
1: from the listeners is what really matters. Yeah, for sure, house.
0: absolutely, absolutely. Let us know if you actually enjoy some of this stuff that we've been offering—the uh, music, the animes, the movies, etc. You know, let us know maybe you find some enjoyment out of them but we don't know if you don't if you don't tell us and uh it'll make our day if if you end up liking the same thing so it would make our day yeah absolutely make our day so uh i think that about wraps up the episode so thank you for tuning in and we and we hope you enjoyed this episode of dark rose comics remember if you like what we do on this podcast please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice we can be found on itunes google play and spotify and also remember to rate and leave us a review on itunes if you have some time if you have any questions comments or suggestions about the show about what we've talked about or if you have a book you want us to discuss on the show please email us at contact at dark you can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. You can reach myself at twitter.com slash audilygeeky and my co-host Victor at twitter.com slash victorjyoung. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. And we also have a, have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Comics. And if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. Now, before we sign off, uh, we just want to let you know that we'll be taking a two-week break uh, after this episode airs so this episode airs on August 28th and we'll be taking September 4th and September 11th off so we'll be back on September 18th Uh, there's a couple things that are being going to be happening over the next few weeks Victor's going to be away for a little bit and then there's also the fan expo that's happening here so I kind of want to get a lot of stuff uh, get a lot of stuff ready and uh, you know and sort of cover the uh, Fan Expo a little bit And uh, we'll definitely be talking uh, You know more about that when we come back So we'll be coming back on September 18th Unfortunately I won't be at Fan Expo I yeah.
1: would have really Here's the thing Like <laughs> like Jerry and I went to Fan Expo back in 2016 And all four days And that was a great experience yeah. I had so much yeah. fun I didn't get a chance to go last year And, I, and I'm and i gonna be away uh, yeah. This year on a, on a bachelor party Which is gonna be fun too But yeah I mean, Fan Expo, though.
0: Yeah, I know. And I, this year, the lineup is crazy. The lineup is really good. I know.
1: I've seen the lineup. Don't yeah. rub it in my face, man. <laughs> but, you know... I'm going to live vicariously through Jerry. So you're going to be hearing a lot of the Fan Expo stuff from him. And I'll just be reacting to it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be
0: actually I'll be posting a lot of that stuff on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Yeah. I'll try to I guess I'll try to live tweet the uh, Fan Expo post pictures
1: from a bachelor party. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're going to post that on Instagram. (laughs) That would be pretty cool. Okay. So uh, yeah. And as always. Take care. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) This is a long pass.